In the Bible, the Apostle Paul spoke to us concerning ministers of Satan who appear to be angels of light, but they are really darkness. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, start at verse 12. Paul says, But what I do that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Millions and millions and millions of people attend churches where the pastors are ministers of Satan. Also, where the pastors have fallen away from the calling of God in their pursuit of personal greatness. In the 1970s, I attended a church in Dallas where the pastor was Robert Tilton. When I went to the church at first, they met in an old warehouse in Farmer's Branch, Texas, On the very best day, we would have 200 people. Bob stood up in the pulpit once and said, I am going to be greater than Kenneth Copeland. I heard it. I heard him say that. When any of us start out in the pursuit of greatness for ourselves, destruction follows. I'm sure some of the ministers today are ministers of Satan, never appointed by God, but appointed by Satan. They're his ministers. They seem to speak messages of light, but they are really darkness. Years ago, I met a woman who was attending uh, some church in her village in Texas, and she told me this. She said, Oh, pastor spoke the most wonderful sermon on Sunday. I couldn't understand a word of it. I was just shocked. Now that's the kind of person that impresses people somehow with his body, with his movements, with his uh, cultural presentation, with some type of intellect. But they're really ministers of Satan not ministers of God. In the case of Bob Tilton, I loved him. I didn't see anything at all wrong. Sometimes he would preach messages that didn't interest me. They were usually on the subject of gaining prosperity. I was a young Christian. I didn't have much sense in those days except the wisdom that's given from God. I did have the Holy Spirit, and I would kind of shudder at some of the messages, but I thought it was just didn't 
appealed to me personally. I had a habit of writing scripture down, and I would go away and read the scriptures. But I really didn't see anything wrong. One day we had a real bad ice storm in Dallas, and I couldn't get to church. It was impossible. So I lived two blocks from Highland Park Methodist Church, and I decided I would just walk over there and go to church. As I walked through the parking lot, I was rather shocked. I saw saw several Rolls-Royce cars and obviously very expensive automobiles. And yet these people didn't know anything about Bible. I knew they didn't, for the most part. And yet, at Word of Faith, Bob was quoting Scripture constantly, and we were supposedly following Scripture, and by faith, I hate to say claiming Scripture, but that's what it was, finding a Scripture to claim it by faith. Not hearing from the Holy Spirit and claiming a Scripture by faith, but finding your own Scripture. I heard Bob say, if you want a new pickup, find a picture of that pickup, cut it out, put it on your refrigerator, and somehow you will figure out how to get that pickup. And this is not faith. This is lust and fulfilling your own lust. But he was very entertaining. He was a very um, handsome man. He was very appealing. He had little dimples, I think, on his cheeks, and he pulled us in by the flesh. He quoted quite a bit of scripture. Even to this day, I remember the scripture that Bob quoted. Now, it makes me think that he really did have the call of God, but I think he's one of those men who followed Balaam in pursuit of riches. And he ended up losing everything. If you're so inclined, you can read a report of him on Wikipedia, which is the Internet Encyclopedia. I attended his church between the years of about 1977 and 1982. God gave me a dream and eventually got me out of that church. I'll tell you the dream. I call it the poison gas dream. In this dream, a man was speaking to a group of people. I went into the room and sat down and began to listen. A second man rushed in and said, Wait, stop. Can't you see? It's too late. It's already begun. He disappeared and the first man resumed speaking. Nobody in the room seemed interested concerning what had already begun, but I was interested. So I looked out the window to see what it was that had already begun. What I saw was terrible. I saw a tall pole with a yellow civil defense type speaker on top of the pole. Those speakers were set there for the purpose of warning us. But this speaker was sending out a poisonous gas that would kill us. In this case, the gas had sort of a grayish color 
and I saw it coming out of that civil defense warning speaker. And it was coming directly toward us who were seated in that room listening to that man. I looked at the man who was seated to my left, and he had a very large grin on his face and was attentively looking directly at the man who was speaking. But then I saw it. This man was a corpse. He was dead. I looked around the room, and all of the people sitting in the room were already dead. And as I sat there among them listening to this man who was speaking, I felt myself beginning to fall asleep, and I knew I was being poisoned. I didn't know what this meant. It was a terrible dream, and I was sick, really literally sick for days. It was during the time that Jimmy Carter was president, and we had those long lines at the gas stations. And they had signs on gas stations saying, out of gas. It was a very eerie type feeling. One night, I was at Word of Faith, and Bob Tilton was speaking to a group of people. I looked at the man who was seated to my left, and he was the man in that dream who was actually already dead and was a corpse. I looked around the room, and it seemed to me like the people were that congregation. I got up immediately and went to the ladies' room and began praying. And I said to God, I think you are telling me to leave this church. So I'm going to go out and get in my car and drive away. But if you want me to come back, show me, and I will turn around and come back. God did not want me to come back. He got me out of that church. And then after I left that church, God opened my eyes to see many things that were being taught that were wrong. I left that church in 1982. Somewhere between 1982 and 1991, that church just crumbled. A man in the congregation sued Bob Tilton for extortion. Bob and his wife divorced. Bob married another woman who was said to be an evangelist. She was a lawyer also, and she sued Bob, and they divorced. Then he went off to Florida and married someone along the way, so he married his third wife. They tore the church building down, and the city of Farmer's Branch bought it for something, but then it ended up being a youth hockey center, and there's no evidence at all that a church ever stood at that location. Bob tried to start another ministry, but wasn't nearly as big as what he had accomplished in Dallas because by the time I left that church building, it had 
grown to 8,000-seat auditorium. It started at 200 in an old warehouse, but they built a big building there, and it was thousands of people by the time I left. He had one of the biggest TV ministries in the United States at that time that I left. ABC Primetime Live did an expose about Bob Tilton. He had been receiving up to $80 million a year in offerings. He had been asking people for prayer requests, to send prayer requests, and had been receiving as much as $80 million a year in offerings through the mail. They were sent to Farmer's Branch to the church to Word of Faith. They were forwarded to a bank in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where tellers were assigned to open the envelopes, deposit the money that came in the envelopes, and throw the prayer request in the garbage. And ABC News did an expose on this, which is told about in this uh, story on uh, Wikipedia Encyclopedia. After the expose, his offerings went down to $2 million a year. I'm still shocked at the amount of money. That's a lot of money. After Bob left Texas and went east, according to Wikipedia, he tried to start another TV ministry, but it was never as big as the one they did the expose on. He finally sold his TV ministry, I believe it was in Florida, he sold it and bought an hotel in Culver City, California. That was the last report I've seen about him. I personally witnessed his pursuit of greatness. And I've seen other ministers do this too. Big-time ministers who pursued greatness, who pursued big numbers of people, who pursued money, fame, did all kinds of things in order to get that position. At one time when I was still attending Word of Faith, and after God showed me to start radio broadcast, Bob came to me and said, Joan, you need to get with Michael Ellison Advertising Agency. They can do you a lot of good. So I pursued Michael Ellison Advertising Agency. My agent, who was assigned to me, came to Dallas to meet with me, and I just lived in a simple apartment. And he said, Joan, there's just one thing we'd like you to do. On all of your written materials and envelopes, we want you to put these words. Send me your prayer request. I was horrified at this idea. I said, well, I don't want them to do that. And this agent was shocked. I said, they're supposed to go directly to God in prayer through Jesus. The agent said, well, you're missing a good bet because most of the time when people send an envelope 
with a prayer request. They put some money in the envelope. It was a fundraising gimmick. Well, I never entered into that. I refused to do that. At one point in time, the agent said, we can fill Soldiers and Sailors Auditorium for you in Pittsburgh. All you have to do is this. Don't speak anything on your radio broadcast that would offend anyone. I'm a prophet. Prophets were always being killed by church people because we are sent with messages of correction to the church. At one point, the agency said, we do not want you to send anything out in writing unless we approve what you have written. I couldn't do that, of course. At one point in time, a radio station manager in Seattle was standing outside the meeting room door where I was going to have a meeting. He was waiting for me. He'd always been so friendly. But this time, he was very stern, and he said, Joan, you have so many good messages. Just speak those good messages. Taking thoughts captive, following God by his spirit, those were some of the messages God had given me. It was very popular with the church. But then God said to me, the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And then he showed me sins that were being committed by big-time ministers. And when I couldn't get a message to those ministers because their staff protected them from getting messages, God persuaded me to give the message on my own radio broadcast, which at that time was from coast to coast in the United States, and name the minister by name and tell of the sin. So George met me outside the meeting room door in Seattle, and he said to me, Joan, you just have so many good messages. Just speak those messages. But if you keep speaking these judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We may have to put you off the air. Instantly, the Holy Spirit rose up in me and said to George, George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. Galatians chapter 1, Paul says, Do I persuade men or God? If I pleased men, I would not be a servant of God. If a minister holds back any portion of a message that God has given him and speaks another message, That minister is in danger of being totally destroyed in the end. A minister must be faithful to God to speak that which he believes to be from God. I know so many of the scriptures in the Bible that tell of false ministers that will appear in the end times. I have written these scriptures out for your benefit. You can read them on the writing attached to this podcast. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.